to uh, uh, Genesis, and uh, and we're going to go to Genesis chapter. Uh, whoops, I'm right there. We're going to Genesis chapter 23. Whoops, it looks like I'm at 23, but I was just showing you because what happens here is the same thing David knew. David didn't invent the Lord. Praise the Lord. It was already going on. <clears throat> okay. Now, I know it's Mother's Day and we're going to have a mother pass away here, but uh, don't worry about this. <clears throat> I do want to point this out. How old do you think Sarah was when Isaac was born? Well, Abraham, the record shows us here just a few chapters before this, was 100 and Sarah was 90. So if she died at 27, if we round that off, let's just say it was 130. She had Isaac when she was uh, oh, 90. Then she had... 40 years of living with that only son she ever had at that old of an age. I tell you what, what a promise. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so when Sarah was 127 years old, now remember we have the details for a reason. This is Genesis chapter 23, just like the 23rd Psalm. Genesis 23. We have the details for a reason. It's not so that we'll be educated and we'll get our stars. No, watch these blessings because these blessings belong to you and I. This is where we failed telling the world about Jesus. We're like, I can't get them to walk the aisle. I can't seem to get them to understand that they need to accept Jesus. Try the Bible method. Watch the people around Abraham, how they saw what God was doing. Sarah was 127 years old. Unfortunately, she died. But we're all going to pass away someday. She died in Hebron, in the land of Canaan, a place that never existed. Of course it existed. We have the details. Now watch this. There, there where? Where she died, in Hebron. Abram mourned and wept for her. I tell you, these ladies get to you, you know. It's not like, well, you know, I'm not supposed to be emotionally attached. We are emotionally attached to our mothers, our dads, our wife, our sisters, whatever. You know how that goes. Then, then when, while he's grieving over Sarah, standing beside her body, he said to the men of Heth, well, they're all cavemen people. They were not cavemen. We had kings. Just the chapters prior to this, five kings were fighting other five kings. Anyway, the men of Heth, <clears throat> he said to them, here I'm a visitor in a foreign land with no place to bury my wife. There's a need. You got a need today? Watch what happens. Watch closely. Please sell me a piece of ground for this purpose. Certainly, the men replied, for you are an honored prince of God um, uh, among us. It will be a privilege to have you choose the finest of our sepulchres or graves, cemeteries, so that you can bury her there. Now, well, let's go past this. Wait a minute. Certainly, in other words, favor. I don't care what your problem is today. You need to pick up the phone and you should, you should expect the first service guy you contact be able to help you. You should expect the first service guy to be the best prize too. You are not out here alone. Man, I know what's happening in chapter 24, and I'm just not going to have time to do it, but I'm going to have too much fun with the 23rd. Anyway, watch this. So anyway, uh, please sell me a piece of ground for this purpose. Certainly. The men replied, notice this, you're an honored prince of God. You know the word prince of God? That's where the term Israel comes from, and that's where the angel that night that wrestled with Jacob, he changed his name to Israel, meaning prince of God. So in other words, these men said, hey, boy, you're, you're an honored prince of God among us. It'll be a privilege to have you choose the finest grave sites we've got around. All right, let's see what Abraham says. Then Abraham bowed low before them and said, since this is your feeling in the matter, be so kind to ask Ephron. Now Ephron's standing right there. 
uh, Zohar's son to sell me the cave of Machpelah down at the end of his field. I will, of course, pay the full price for it. Well, we're always broke. Well, not Abraham. Abraham considered the Lord was blessing him the whole time. And he was. The next chapter, do a little homework when you leave here. Before you go to bed tonight or tomorrow, whatever, this week, read 25. and we'll, I mean, uh, 24. And think about why you even know that story. It'll amaze you, amaze you, because that's you. And then look at your own life and you'll go, praise the Lord. I see it. I see it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, anyway, I want the cave at the end of this place and see if he'll sell it to me. Of course, I'll pay the full price for it, whatever is publicly agreed upon. And it will be a permanent cemetery for my family. Of course, these things, these people live like cave people. They did not. They had a full structured society. Ephraim was sitting there among the others, and now he spoke up. Let's see what he says. We'll just call him Ed. So Ed spoke up. What did he say? Ah, uh, hang on. Let's pass a little bit. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Here it is. Ed spoke up. He was sitting there with the others. And he answered Abraham as the others listened, speaking publicly before all the citizens of the town. This was a town meeting type thing. Matter of fact, when, uh, wasn't Esther, what was it? I don't have to itch my foot. I'm showing you something. Uh, what's the other Joshua Judges? Ruth. Ruth. When Ruth married Boaz, Boaz took off his shoe and handed it his sandal and gave it to the men at the gate. And the other guy gave his sandal back and that meant that he forfeited the right of his property and he gave it over to Boaz. Because Boaz had to, in front of all the people there, this, this is the fourth chapter of Ruth, Boaz had to put, uh, had to get the deed deeded over to him, but first right of refusal went to this other guy, and he says, nope, I don't want Ruth to be part of my family. <laughs> I got my own sons. And Boaz was like, I'll take her. She's next to kin to me, and I'll take her. And so anyway, that's the way that transaction took place. Anyway, so he says, please listen to me. Uh, this is what Ed said, Abraham. I will give you the cave and the field without any charge. Now, if you'll watch closely and keep trusting the Lord, you're going to find this all across your life. All the time. People are giving you things. People are blessing you. And it's not no accident either. Because they just said, you're a prince of God. We're called the same thing in the New Testament. Anyway, I'll give you the cave. Here in the presence of my people, I give it to you free. Go and bury your dead. Well, Abraham, look what he says. Abraham bowed again to the men of Heth and replied to Ephron or Ed, as all listened, no, let me buy it from you. Let me buy it from you. Let me pay, he's going to say full price. Let me pay the full price of the field and I'll bury my dead. Well, the land's worth 400 pieces of silver. Ed said, Ephron, okay. <clears throat> Genesis 23, verse 5, 14, 15. But what's that between friends? Talk about favor. These are all the men in the town. Yeah, I don't care where you're at. If you find, and remember, he said, I'm in a land, I don't, I'm not even in my home country. But no matter where you are, all of a sudden, you've got people around you that want to help you. Anyway, so Abram uh, paid Ephron the price he suggested, 400 pieces of silver, as publicly agreed. This is the land bought, Ephron's field at Malachak near Mamre, which is these, these places don't exist. Of course they do exist. You can get a study Bible and find out where that is. Probably right outside Bethlehem somewhere. 
and the cave at the end of the field and all the trees in the field, they became his, I think it's his permanent possession. Oh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, by agreement in the presence of the men of Heth at the city gate. So Abraham buried Sarah there in the field in the cave deeded to him by the men of Heth as a burial plot. Well, whoopee. No, 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 not whoopee. This is us. Praise the Lord. Look at all the favor and the things that we have. Now we'll go right into the, tw- I'll, get, I'll get pretty far in this thing. We'll probably finish it. Abraham was now very old. Well, I guess so. She was 127 when she died. And remember, he was, um, Abraham was 10 years older. Now look what it says. And God blessed him. I know I didn't scroll down, but anyway, Genesis 24. And God blessed him in every way. Well, I'm jealous. No, no, wait. I read the Bible. What happened to Abraham belongs to me. Exactly. Praise the Lord. It's yours. One day, Abraham said to his household administrator, I think it was Eliezer, what his name was, who was his oldest servant. Now, how old we think he is? Oh, he's a young strapping guy like Dustin. No, he wasn't either. Mm -mm. He was probably pushing 85 or 90. He could have been 110. Swear by Jehovah, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not let my son marry one of these local girls. What have you got against the local girls? They ain't changed, did he? And the local boys are the same. You've been there, I've been there. We know how things can happen. These Canaanites. Instead, go to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife for him there. But suppose I can't find a girl who will come so far from home, the servant asked. Then shall I take Isaac there? Oh, no, don't do that. Uh, to live there among your relatives? No, Abraham warned. Be careful that you do not do that under any circumstances. For the Lord God of heaven told me to leave that land and my people and promise to give me and my children this land. What's so funny is God told him to leave there and the whole time when he was gone, God has taken care of him financially, physically, in every way. Remember, he's blessed him in every way. Hey, watch, watch how this story progresses here. So anyway... But Abram said, hey, he's going to send his angel on ahead of you, and he will see to it that you find a girl uh, from there to be my son's wife. Now, you got angels that go before you. Moses said when the people left Egypt, he said God's going to send his angel ahead of you. Wow, and he did. Anyway, he says, but if you don't succeed, then you're free from this oath. But under no circumstances are you to take my son, you know, back down there to uh, that other land. So the servant vowed to follow Abraham's instruction. He took with him. Now watch what he took. Please watch. We have the details. Ten of Abraham's camels loaded with samples of the best of everything his master owned. Notice he didn't have everything his master owned. These were samples. I tell you what, I'm, I'm 54. I'll be 55 in June. But I tell you what, I have some collection going on in my life. And I look around, count your blessings, name them one by one. I don't have just one. I have, they're too numerous to count. Your depression, if you have any, should fly out the window when you read your Bible. Okay. Anyway, there he made the, oh, excuse me, here, watch what he does. Okay, he had the best of everything he owned, and he journeyed to, hey, I know that. Well, that's why the Living Bible is kind of neat. That's where it was heading, Iraq. Okay. To Nahor's village. Now, that's somebody, okay? That's kin to Abraham. You know, it's not like, well, Dustin existed and he has no genealogy. He has a genealogy. My dad, his granddaddy, went back and I don't know how he did it and where he went with the thing, but he, nonetheless, he says, we're kin to Caesar. <laughs> you know, oh, whatever, oh, maybe so. 
But we all have a genealogy. These things are not lies. And they keep track of this stuff. Anyway, there he made the camels kneel down outside the town, beside a spring. It was evening, and the women of the village were coming to draw water. Okay, you got the picture? Women are coming out to get water. And they didn't have a whole lot of plumbing back in those days, pumps and whatever, all this kind of stuff. Now, look what he does in verse 12. Now, this is not Abraham. This is Abraham's servant, and this is a great prayer that we can use for ourselves. Watch this. Oh, Jehovah, oh, Lord. The God of my master, he prayed, show kindness to my master and help me accomplish the purpose of my journey. Now, how selfish is that? First off, it's not selfish. If you have a need, lay it before the Lord. You know, Jesus said, ask, you know, he said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask what you will and it shall be done for you. That's just one. Mark eleven twenty four. what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. That's very hard to do. Very hard for me to believe I receive something that I don't think God's going to give me. So I have to immediately change that and go, praise the Lord, I believe I have it. I see myself being given this thing from the Lord. Instead of like, denied, denied. Not the way it happens in the Bible. So here's a guy praying. And we already know he's going to get his answer. But watch what happens. Stay ahead of me on this. Look for things. Okay, watch this. Well, here comes these girls. They're coming down there. He says, see, I'm here standing here beside this spring and the girls of the village are coming down to draw water. This is my request. When I ask one of them for a drink and she says, yes, certainly. And I will uh, water your camels too. Let her be the one you've appointed as Isaac's wife. That's how, you know, he says, that's how I will know. All right. That's what he said. Uh, What does that mean? As he was still speaking, that meant he ain't even got the prayer out of his mouth yet. And I tell you what, God's not slow. And I'm not going to sit here and say traditionally, he ain't late neither and you never know. No, that's tradition. We're looking at reality here. When you call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, so shall you be saved. And I mean, it's, <laughs> we're not waiting around. The, I need another God if he's not going to help. Psalm 46 says he is a very present help, verse 1, in time of trouble. I'm in trouble. Says the Lord's here to help me. Praise God. That's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at my circumstances. I'm not asking anybody else what they think. I'm looking at what these guys did. As he was still speaking to the Lord about this, a beautiful, now whoa, foul right there. Man, in today's society, you can't say that. You're going to offend some ugly ones. Well, we got ugly guys too. But the Bible understands this. There's nothing wrong with that. The ugly guys, the ugly girls, it doesn't make any difference. If they'll do exactly what the Lord's saying here, somebody thinks they're pretty, and you'll think yourself is are pretty if you're an ugly guy or an ugly woman. Well, we just separate ourselves for some reason. We just want to cut all these things out. Let me tell you something. This girl was very beautiful. Now, I want a show of hands. I know I'm asking just here in this church here, but do you know anybody in your life that was named Rebecca? I know several. You know, show of hands, everybody, everybody, okay. Where do you think this word come from? This is a very, very old word. You think your friends that were named Rebecca were the first ones? Mm-mm, mm-mm. <clears throat> anyway, the point is, this really happened. But anyway, so she was a knockout. Named Rebecca, she arrived with water jug on her shoulder and filled it at the spring. Her father-in-law was Bethuel, the son of Nahar, and his wife was Milcah, Okay. So she had a genealogy here, and that's going to be real important because watch what happened. Running over to her, the servant asked her for a drink. Now remember, he's clueless. He was just going to take a shot because he said, Lord, let it be the one that I ask. Well, there's a lot of women there. Certainly, sure, she said. 
And she quickly lowered her jug for, uh, for him to drink. Then she said, I will draw water for your camels. Oh, no. Until they have enough. So she emptied the jug into the watering trough and down to the spring again and kept carrying the water to the camels until they had enough. The servant said, no more, but watched her carefully to see if she would finish the job so that he would know whether she was the one. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he produced, uh-uh, heads up here, look at this. This is Ted Turner, of course. It's just rich people. Let me tell you something, because of Jesus, you're rich. I mean, if you'll quit talking yourself out of it, you're rich. When, boy, when she had done this, he produced a quarter-ounce gold earring, woo, five-ounce, two five-ounce gold bracelets for her wrist. Whose daughter are you, miss? He asked. Would your father have room to put us up for the night? My father's Bethuel, she replied. My grandparents are Milka and Nahor. She, he knew at that moment. Yes, we have plenty of straw and food and the camels in the guest room. Look what happened. He stood there for a moment, bowed his head, worshiped Jehovah, and said, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Lord God of my master Abraham. He said, Thank you for being so kind and true to him, for leading me straight to the family of my, of my master's relatives. I mean, straight shot. Was just around the block. It was not around the block. Abraham was told to leave this country, go to another country. This guy took 10 camels. He didn't say, well, hold on, I'm going to run to my mat. He took 10 camels. They had drivers too. We'll see in a moment. Anyway, the girl ran home to tell her folks. And when her brother Laban saw the ring, now remember who Laban is. Later on, when Isaac goes to live, well, not Isaac, but Jacob, Jacob goes to live with Laban. And you already know here, Laban's her brother. Okay. He saw the ring. It didn't amount to much. It was Kmart, you know, not... not. It was not. I mean, you know, today, uh, I saw one yesterday. They got these jewelry stores. Everything in there is a dollar. I know when I went to see Joy at El Paso, I mean, it's neat. You can go, you can go with any kind of jewelry you want. It's a dollar. You know, looks good from a distance. But this stuff here was real. Watch what he says. Her brother saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrist, and he heard her story. He rushed to the spring where the guy was. Ah, uh, let's see. The man. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, pass it. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Come and stay with us. Why stand outside the city? We have room for you and your camels. Okay, verse 32. The man went home with Laban. Laban gave him straw to bed down the camels and feed for them and water for the camel drivers. We got to pay all this $10 an hour help. Oh, we're going we're gonna to bankrupt Abraham. You are not bankrupting Abraham. Mm-mm. Anyway. <clears throat> The, then supper was served, but the old man said, I can't eat. I can't eat till I tell you my story. I can't eat till I tell you why I'm here. All right, Laban said, tell us your errand. I am Abraham's servant, he said. And Jehovah has overwhelmed my master with blessings so that he is a great man among the people of his land. See, now that's you and I today. People can say, I don't want Jesus if I don't want to, but they're going to look over their shoulder and keep watching you going, it's got to be true. I've never seen Richard get crushed. He keeps bouncing back. He's doing this. What's happening? Well, if you hang around with me or hang around with Dustin or hang around with any of us in this room, we tell them. They go, oh, I don't know. We're, this evolution, you know, I don't believe there's a God. You're just, dude, you're just traditionally. And we just laugh it off and we say, I don't care. You can do what you want to do, but this stuff is true. But anyway, so he says, uh, my master, he's a great man among the people of the land. God's given him flocks of sheep, herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold. Well, we need to strike that one. 
No, we don't need to strike that one. He had to have that silver to pay for that cemetery he bought. 400 pieces. And he said, no, you're not going to give it to me. I'm going to pay full price. And many slaves and camels and donkeys. Now, when Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son. And my master has given him everything he owns. Okay? And my master made me promise to not let Isaac marry one of the local girls, (laughs) but to come to his relatives here in this far off land, to his brother's family, and bring back a girl from here to marry his son. But suppose I can't find a girl who will come, I asked him. She will, he told me, for my Lord, in whose presence I have walked, will send his angel with you and make your mission successful. Psalm 1, the very first psalm in the first three verses tells us we have that. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the, 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 uh, the seat of the scornful, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. But anyway, he says, but his delights in the law of the Lord, and in it doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. So anyway, we see this. But anyway, uh, but come to his relatives here in his far off land and bring back a girl for him to marry his son. Okay, suppose he won't come, but he says, uh, my Lord in whose presence I have walked will send his angel. You're going to have a successful, okay, he says, yes, find a girl from among my relatives from my brother's family. You are under oath to go and ask. If they won't send anyone, you're free from your promise. Well, this afternoon when I went to the spring, I prayed this prayer. I mean, why do we have a repeat here? I mean, some people get so offended. They go, Richard, why are you reading the scriptures? I mean, come on, you're boring us. It ain't boring me. You know, when I get out of here, I'll listen to this message because all I'm doing is sharing the scriptures. And all of a sudden, I look with my eyes and I see the same stuff happening to Abraham happening to me. I'm not boring anybody. I, I know. I know y'all are not bored. But anyway. So, he says again. He rehashes the story. Oh, God of my father, master, my master Abraham, if you're planning to make my mission a success, please guide me this way. Here I am standing beside the spring. Now, remember, guess this woman was the woman, and her mother and daddy were Abraham's, oh, uh, it was his relatives. It was Abraham's granddaddy. Sarah, anyway, here we go. Here I am standing beside the spring. I will say to some girl who comes out to draw water, please give me a drink of water. And she'll reply, certainly, and I'll water your camels. Let that girl be the one you've selected to be. And here he goes. This guy certainly knew what was going on. Well, while I was still speaking, (laughs) Rebecca came along. Wow. Okay, anyway, so um, he asked her to give me a drink. She quickly lifted the jug down from her shoulder and uh, did this and that and that. And she said, certainly, and I'll water your camels. And I asked her whose family you're from. And she told me Nahor, uh, the son of Nahor. Uh, anyway, Bethuel, the son of Nahor, wife of Milcah. So I gave her the ring and the bracelets. Then I bowed my head, worshiped, blessed Jehovah, the God of my master Abraham, because he led me along just the right path to find a girl from the family of my master's brother. Wow. We're about done here. Watch this. Uh, so tell me, yes or no, will you be so kind to... <clears throat> To my master to do what's right? When you tell me, then I'll know what my next step's going to be. Whether to move this way or that. Well, Laban and Bethuel, they replied, The Lord's obviously brought us here, brought you here. What more can we say? Take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as Jehovah's directed. At this reply, Abraham's servant fell to his knees. I mean, I tell you what, you just, as I praise God. We think the Lord's going to, oh, oh, look at this. Then he brought out jewels set in gold. Oh, mercy. Let me back up just a second. Uh, Set in gold and silver 
Uh, hang on, bounce around, aren't we? Yeah, here it is. Uh, for Rebecca and lovely clothing, and he gave many valuable presents to her mother and her brother. Now Abraham's in the hole. <laughs> no, he's not in the hole. And you're not going to be in the hole either. Then they had supper, and the servant and the men stayed uh, there overnight. But early the next morning, he said, hey, send me back to my master. But we want Rebecca here at least 10 days or so, her mother and her brother exclaimed. Then she can go. But he pleaded, hey, don't hinder my return. The Lord's made my mission successful, and I want to report back to my master. Well, they said, we'll call the girl and ask her what she thinks. Let's ask old Rebecca. What do you think? Well, you all know what she says. Now, I, just for fun, do you see that number right there, 57? That's the reason they had such a tough time chopping this chapter up. This stuff was so fantastic, they couldn't find a place to stop. They do this in the book of Luke, too. Luke has got one of the longest chapters in the Bible. It's around the crucifixion. But anyway, so anyway, so they call Rebecca. They said, hey, are you willing to go with this man? And she said, I'll go. I'll go. So they told her goodbye, sending along the woman who had been her childhood nurse. And they blessed her with this blessing. And she, oh, please, blessing. Oh, for crying out loud. No, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute here. Let's see what it says. May you become the mother of many millions. Oh, please. I hope, nope, don't put this in print. We're going to offend some people. Listen, we work for God. God is blessing us tremendously. This is, this is normal. This is normal. May your descendants, now watch what else. What about car wrecks? Well, watch this. May your descendants overcome your enemies. I, I, what's out there to get us? Praise the Lord. Anyway, so Rebecca and her servant girls mounted the camels and went with him. Meanwhile, we're almost back at the ranch. Look at this. This is the last verses. Meanwhile, Isaac, who was in the Negev, let's just say he was in the south, whatever. It couldn't be 40. It must have been 4 million acres, whatever they had. He returned to Beer Leoam, wherever that is. Anyway, one evening as he was taking a walk out in the fields meditating, he looked up and he saw the camels coming. Rebecca noticed him quickly and dismounted. Who is this man walking through the fields to meet us, she said. That's my master's servant. Ooh, she knew, ooh, that's, that's my husband. So she covered her face with a veil. What'd I tell you? Boy, they're all wearing burkas all day long. No, they weren't. She had a water jug on, and she went down there, and the servant guy that was sent by Abraham knew, Woo, you a knockout. The veil was just simply for the moment of, you're going to meet whatever. And I guarantee you, Isaac could tell what she looked like, even with the veil. But don't forget, we already know she's very pretty. So she covered herself, covered her face with a veil. Last verses here. Then the servant told Isaac the whole story. What whole story? Well, do we need to hear it three times? <laughs> While I was still praying, praise God, and the first girl that showed up, I asked her, oh, man, Isaac, you have no idea how great our God is. Anyway, Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother's tent. And here we are, Mother's Day. She became his wife. He loved her very much and was a very special comfort to him after the loss of his mother. Now, that's the story of the scriptures, what God put in there about you as a mother and about us in our life in general. And praise God in the loss of those we love. But look what happened. Praise the Lord. God takes care of everybody. Well, I don't have time to talk about the scriptures where it talks about these people going home. But when they're just, you know, when, when people pass out of here, they're going to be with their families is where they're going. They're going to be gathered up to my kinfolk. What's that all about? Well, it's not like when you're in the grave, you're just going to rot, praise the Lord. Absent from the body, it's present with the Lord. But in the meantime, we're blessed. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. 
Same thing financially. We're sitting here looking at Abraham and how well he was taken care of. And all through the New Testament, you teach us about Abraham's blessings are ours. Praise the Lord for it. Lord, if it's not finances, it's not money, it's just some other problem that's just bugging us. We know you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. And that didn't leave anything left but for us to just act like Abraham did before the men of Heth and all these people that even this servant guy did. He was telling about how great you were taking care of him. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory. Wow.